MVP, T-minus three hours, a question you never considered all season. Who you got? Also, <laughs> Lakers-Warriors, what will be the deciding factor in that series? And what exactly the Grizzlies mean when they say Dylan Brooks isn't coming back under any circumstances? Let's go. Mm. <laughs> I thought you were just chanting MVP for me. Start with last night, though. Be honest. Who thought James Harden still had this under any circumstances? None of you, right? <laughs> Even he said he hadn't no. felt being in the zone like that in a minute. So for him to drop 45, including the clutchest basket of this game in the last seconds for Philly to win in Boston in game one without MB, that is a headline. And on the other side, how the Celtics are losing these leads late constantly. Another headline. And how they matched up against Harden on that last shot. Also a headline. Israel, around the horn to you. Credit blame game. What percentage is credit to Philly? What percentage is blame to Boston? Well, I'm always one to give more credit to the performer who did well. So I'm going to go 51% James Harden because I want to give him more credit than blame. But the Celtics deserve their share of blame here, and that's going to be 49%. And you, so I think back to last year's playoffs when the Miami Heat played the Philadelphia 76ers, and Eric Spolster said about Embiid and Harden, you have to treat both of them like they're Hall of Famers and scheme for them individually as such. And it felt like the Celtics just came into a game without Joel Embiid and said, we'll handle whatever they bring to us under our normal defense. And they couldn't do that. They had James Harden consistently facing a drop coverage that he was uh, dominating, frankly. And in the end, with, you know, game one on the line, you have Al Horford out there on an island uh, against James Harden, which is unfair to Al Horford. So you have to give the Celtics their share of blame, but also not just on that. And you look at the offensive end of the 16 turnovers. This is a team that's supposed to have learned from its finals experience last year, not waste games, not waste opportunities. They had to go seven games with the Bucks last year. Probably shouldn't have had to do that if they were more focused. And this was a winnable game for them without Embiid, and they let James Harden take it from them. That's a bad performance by the mm -hmm. Celtics. So if we're opening up the hood on this car here, you're saying 51% Harden, 49% Boston last night. Ramona Shelburne, welcome back. Join us. You know, I did not wear this Kelly Green in, in support of the Boston Celtics, <laughs> but you know what? 70% of the blame needs to go on the Celtics, yeah. right? Like, w wow. James Harden went down the court every single time. And looked and said, where's Al Hoford? Where, where's Horford? I'm going to hunt that yeah. matchup. And instead, like, Boston never made an adjustment. They did that the entire game. I was yelling at my TV, like, change it up. Harden is killing him in the same matchup every time. And you, I don't know if this is just Joe Missoula not being willing to make that switch in the middle of the game, but not making that defensive switch. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combining to score 10 points in the fourth quarter. When James Harden had 15, that's not how you win a game at home in game one when the other team's best player is out. I, I, I can't believe Boston let that one go. Pablo Torre processed this for us. What Hold was on. the credit? What was the blame? Tony. Tony, 150% James Harden deserves the credit <laughs> here, okay? Yeah. We have been blaming him for doing everything that he was the opposite of last night, okay? Oh, he's a tax attorney who just games the system and gets to the free throw line. He had four free throw attempts last night. He doesn't play defense. Did yep. you watch him defend four separate actions on that possession that ended with Tyrese Maxey going the other way for that layup, him and Tobias Harris? 
gaming the system on the Celtics offense? Did you see him nail that shot at the yeah. end after being told that he was the most unclutch bedwetter among NBA superstars in this sport? <laughs> Everything we said right. James Harden right. was, he did not do last night, and he deserves all of the credit because he finally came through and delivered the best playoff game of his life. And David Dennis Jr., your answer. I'm going to go Price is Right style on Ramon and say 71% blame uh, for the Celtics, 29 uh, for the 76ers. Oh, one as more, much as I. More. Okay, and one more, a little bit more. We're, going, we're, trying, we're trying to win here. I, I think, uh, you know, James Harden, I don't want to disparage his performance at all. He was responsible for 60 points for that 76ers team, carried that offense. But to, to everybody's point, pretty much, how long are we going to watch Al Horford out beyond the three point line defending, you know, once in a lifetime offensive players? This basically cost them the NBA Finals last year. Trey Young cooked him last series, and now he's out there with James Harden trying to defend him, and that cost him, you know, the last possession. But offensively, Harden had 15 points in the fourth quarter. Tatum and Brown combined for 10 in the fourth quarter. Like, what are you doing in your offensive sets? Why is Marcus Smart running that last possession and causing turnovers when the ball should be in your best player's hands? Oh, many turnovers. A lot of turnovers. But then let me ask you, combining the turnovers, and that Philly won this game without Embiid in Boston, yes. a harbinger of things yes. to come in this series, Israel? Did, did it change the way you think the series might go? It does, and there are a lot of signs. And the last sign that I will point to here is the thing that make you panic a little bit if you're the Boston Celtics. Joe Mazzulla basically played a seven-man rotation in game one of the second round against the Sixers without Embiid. Seven guys, basically. And that's, that's not showing a whole lot of depth. And when your main two guys don't carry you down the stretch, you're probably looking at yourself saying, hey, why are we the favorites to win it all right now? It's all coming down to that one game. They're going to ask themselves all those questions going uh, forward. Blow Torre. And Doc Rivers outcoached Joe Missoula. Doc Rivers is infamously bad at in-game, in-series adjustments. He went to zone after halftime, and it worked. Yeah. And then he went back to man. They switched everything on that last possession. I did not expect this from Doc Rivers, but the more this Doc Rivers I get, the better my life is going to be. And Ramona, is this Philly series now? I mean, it's almost like Doc Rivers has had some good coaching moments in the Boston Garden. Mm -hmm. before, yes, right? that's true, too. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I think they're going to get him back. Game two, uh, probably, if, if not game two, then by game three, he's he's taking his time. But they just bought Joel the opportunity yeah. to rest even more on that knee. Yes. And I think that was David Dennis, not are you now turning they the tide here to Philadelphia in this series? Yeah, if Joel and B can come back in game three healthy, I mean, the Celtics have not played a good game since the first playoff game of, of this season. They're looking, you know, bad right now. And if B's going to be back by game three, I think the 76ers series to win. We move on. The other game last night, Nuggets 97, Suns 87, and how the game turned when Chris Paul went out with the groin injury and how that groin is looking today. Phrasing reality. Uh, but nonetheless, <laughs> what it means going forward. Durant never got going. Ho-hum 39-16 for Jokic on the eve of the MVP announcement. Pablo, is this series already setting on the Suns before they even play a home game under any circumstances? It really does. It really feels like this entire series is a groin punch appropriately for Chris Paul's hey. Phoenix Suns. And I say that because... The offense, the offense is such a problem right now. Their offense in the postseason, the Suns, would be the worst offense in the regular season, period. And they're not attacking Nikola Jokic's weakness, which is defense down low. They are over-indexing on the mid-range in a way that is clearly unsustainable at this point. And then their bench, 
the bench, they had seven guys score a total of six points. I mean, it all feels like they are ill-equipped to use their personnel in the way that they need to, and they don't have enough of the personnel that they need. So yes, give me the Nuggets who seem to be tireless and amazing when it comes to actually knowing what they need to do to win. Uh, Ramon, I'll go to you. I think you want to correct Pablo's bench stat. Go ahead. Uh, the, the Suns had four bench points. <laughs> four! Like, four bench points! How did, I didn't even know that was possible, to have four, like, uh, yeah, to me, how, you're never going to win any no, game there when you have nothing from your bench that way. And Cameron Payne is, is going to be better. He's just coming back from an injury. He actually had a couple of good games with them during their, their run to the NBA Finals a couple years ago. And so we have Chris Paul's not able to go, which by, he didn't, didn't sound good after the game with, that, with the groin injury. Uh, Campaign is going to have to p play like he did in 2021. I just don't think Phoenix has enough depth. They just traded one too many guys in the Kevin Durant trade. And they, they, they like to complain about free throws. They're not getting calls. You're on the road, of course. But you also have to get to the lane. You have to get to the basket. And when you're a jump-shooting team, you don't get a lot of calls. And when you have Kevin Durant, who's normally a great, free, a great shooter from the field, missing 10 three-pointers, it, it, it was a disaster for Phoenix last Maybe night. some think that's an outlier. Maybe some think they get home and they get some of those calls and they make free throws. Now, Series doesn't start till the home team loses, David. Is, is Phoenix in a position here that could turn this around? If I'm Phoenix, the good thing I'm, I'm looking at, the bright side here, is that they were one for 15 on wide open three. So you have to think when you get home, some of those will start falling. you got to feel like that's an anomaly. The problem here is when the series started, you felt like the Suns were going to struggle defensively against the Nuggets. Nobody imagined this level of offensive mm -hmm. utility from this squad and lack of imagination or right. plays. Where's the Booker KD uh, pick and rolls? Where's the movement? Why is somebody sitting on the corner? And they were outscored 41-28 to when Chris Paul went out. But you should still be able to generate offense with Booker and Kevin Durant out there. And this was a game with Murray shooting 20% from the field. You have to find a way to win this game. Israel Gutierrez, I mean, this is unanimous right now that Phoenix, the, the series is really in a tough spot for them. Yeah. Well, I've been saying it since the playoffs started. The Suns, uh, their failures or their, their weak spots will be exposed as the playoffs go on because they haven't been a, a long, uh, together long enough and they're not deep enough. We see it all the time with these teams that build these big threes. Miami in 2010, in their first 20 games, had a game where they had two points off the bench. It was just Eddie House with one bucket. Two points. And so these things happen. You just can't figure these things out through the playoffs. And so, yeah, maybe they'll have a game where both Durant and uh, Devin Booker go off at home and they can win a game, but you need the DeAndre Aytons, right? One of those top four. You need him to be a defensive tough guy. You need him to be a rebounder. There's clips of him just watching uh, other teammates and, and uh, Nikola Jokic go at it on the boards. He needs to be tougher. You need to not be injured, and Chris Paul is growing his injured right now. So the slightest thing that goes wrong from this group, it's going to be exposed and made worse than it is, and that's what's happening right now. It's not going to look good if, uh, if Chris Paul's not helping. Exposed, groin there. Tough, tough, phrasing reality, phrasing. Momo, I'll give you the last word. <laughs> You know, we're going to have the MVP in a couple of hours yes. here. Why are we doing it today? Why? Like, Denver just You know what? Let's talk games. about that when we come back from buy or sell under any circumstances. Oh. Yes. Mm. Unless we don't have time. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. NBA MVP will be announced tonight, a Tuesday night. Before a game, none of the finalists are playing. Giannis is already out of the playoffs. Embiid saw his team win without him last night. Jokic had a great game. Ramona, you think this is odd? So I assume you're selling, but buy or sell tonight's announcement, and then who you got? Yeah, I'm selling this. Like It used to be on an off day before the home game of the winner. And a lot of times, a local newspaper would break it the night before, and everybody would have time to go to that home playoff game and celebrate their MVP. What's going on? Jokic just played two games in Denver. The the Sixers are in Boston right now. They're not coming home until later. And Giannis is already out of the playoffs. We're doing it for TV, I guess, now. It's for TNT. Uh, they have are, the games Monday They're tomorrow. not all going to be together, know. though, right? This is going to be a Zoom announcement no, they on all top have to of set that, up right? A, yeah. They're literally doing Zoom calls for all three guys. Who you got, And Ramona? they don't even know I think Embiid's winning. I think it's his year. He closed strong. Jokic kind of faded at the end of the regular season. David Dennis Jr. You know how we have an award where we don't have to remind everybody this is a regular season award. Give it to them at the end of the regular season. You have multiple days between the regular season and the playoffs where you have a play-in tournament. You tabulate. It doesn't take you that long to tabulate votes. It's not like you got hanging chads. Just pick the votes, give the award before the first game of the playoffs so you don't have the embarrassment that Giannis could potentially have or that Dirk had 15 years ago where you're already out of the playoffs yeah. and it's a bittersweet award for you. What you got, David? I got Embiid, better defender through the through the year and closed out strong. Israel Gutierrez. I've got Embiid also. I think the margins are razor thin, and therefore he just kind of deserves one. It kind of makes me change my thinking on MVPs. But I do have a little bit of an answer for some of the questions, uh, some of the issues with the MVP and the postseason awards. Why don't we have an all-NBA postseason team? Like an all-NBA postseason team highlighted by the finals MVP and then whoever else you throw on there. So you get recognized for your postseason play, which is what guys' legacies are built on, right? Not the regular season. And the NBA is all about giving out awards. We should have one more list of teams, the all-NBA postseason team. So close to banning a word you used there. I am going to go ahead and do it right there. I'm not going to say what it was, but you're taking an L, Gutierrez, for that. We had this conversation 37 times this season, whether a guy could win it three years in a row with a team, yada, 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 or if it's someone else's turn, Pablo, go ahead. 
<laughs> Speaking of timing, it's just funny timing that finally everybody realizes that Joel Embiid, as I've been saying, is the best player in the NBA. It's funny that it took all of this time, yes, this delayed okay. art of production, but to finally uh, acknowledge that the guy is better offensively than Nikola Jokic. He's better offensively than Giannis. He's better defensively than both. Guess what? No one can do everything that he can do. He's Godzilla. And finally, yes, you're letting him actually get the award he deserves. Thank you for your kindness. Buy or sell two under any circumstances. All right, this story blows your mind. The Memphis Grizzlies will not be bringing back Dylan Brooks, quote, under any circumstances, unquote, according to a report from Shams Charania. Under any circumstances, been trending all day, David. Buy or sell that, buy or sell this step in fixing what's wrong with Memphis. I mean, I'm buying that Dylan Brooks uh, shouldn't come back on this team, but under any circumstances, my goodness, like if the Grizzlies got sucked in a wormhole, there's nobody left, you're still not bringing this guy back? Like, those are some <laughs> painful words that seem a little bit unnecessary and a little bit scapegoaty. I know he asked for it by some of the things he said, but he's not, getting rid of him is not going to fix all of those problems. You lost the last game by 40 points. It's going to take a lot more than getting rid of one loudmouth poke bear type of guy to fix all Israel of that. Israel Gutierrez? Oof. Telling so hard what an abandonment this is over what some trash talk look this guy has been a starter for your team since he got to this team since he got to the league outside of his second season where he didn't start the 18 games he played in this is a guy who took all the attention away from John Morant who by the way had the most damaging trash talk of your season when he said we're fine with the West a week into the season okay you had John Morant's back the entire time while he was going through all this nonsense and the second you're done with this series you're done with him. Now, I know the Grizzlies aren't happy with the way that came out, but come on, show some support for the guy who has been supporting you since he got into the Okay, league. so while you think Dylan Brooks did quite a bit to scapegoat himself in talking to LeBron, you think the team is scapegoating him for Ja Morant's Absolutely. deficiencies this season. Pablo Torre, you? Yeah, John Morant was 3 of 16 in that 40-point blowout. I mean, John Morant is the guy who actually had a scandal that verged into the serious. Now, I will say Dylan Brooks was so bad of a heel that he made LeBron James look popular in a way that felt almost like an inside job. It also now makes me think, like, this is actually just getting us to finally praise Dylan Brooks. They've gone so far in that direction that I'm actually empathetic toward a guy who got no You are, okay. And Ramona Shelburne, under any circumstances? Look, they're not parting ways with him because he poked the bear. Like, LeBron they're was not. always going to be they're not LeBron. That he no. made it all look he, like a joke when they were him. getting run off the court. He, he shot 31% in the series, Tone. I mean, like, he was last year against the Warriors, he was, like, the Warriors' best player. He was so bad <laughs> shooting from the field. Like, Pablo, you want to show support for him? You want to pay him $25 million a year? Because that's what he wants. He's not. That's why they're parting ways with him. Well, he shot 31% and... He had the worst case of trash talking in the, that we've seen, at least this season. Yeah, that was pretty bad. You One more. You never hear that, though. You never hear a team go that hard against <laughs> somebody, as they say. Now, tonight, Lakers-Warriors. Let's go. It's the dream matchup. You know about LeBron versus Curry. Maybe Draymond will ask off from the team to watch LeBron play in this one. History and rotations and matchups, Israel. What do you see as a deciding factor in this series under any circumstances? The Lakers being able to defend Steph Curry over a seven-game series and having that sort of stamina and keeping Anthony Davis healthy, which is always a question. Do you think the Lakers can do that? I don't think they will. I think they can, but I think the Warriors will win this Pablo game. Pablo Torre. 
Oh, it's Kavon Looney to me. Three 20 rebound games. Anthony Davis is going to help defend Steph Curry, meaning that Looney will have the paint all to himself. That dude to me is the obvious expert. Kavon Looney, the X Factor. Shelburne. I, look, Anthony Davis has to be the best player in the series for the Lakers to win this, and he's going to go against one Kevon Looney and Draymond Green, two great interior defenders. I think it's a tough matchup. David Dennis Jr. Surprisingly, Wardell, Stephen Curry, and the fact that the Lakers have no answer oh, for shocking. him, and they were gassed at the end of last series against the Grizzlies. They're going to be gassed chasing him around. they got to figure out how to defend him on the pitch. Everybody has Golden State in this series, okay? We're crazy. We're all picking against LeBron. Seven. We deserve whatever the comes to seed. us. Well, what's coming to you right now is a showdown. Shelburne, <laughs> Torrey, next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Shelburne, Tory, good luck in showdown. What you got? Taken or Seinfeld? Rangers went with Liam Neeson's. Devils responded with Putty and the Akira Schmidt game and won the rookie with a game seven shutout. All of New York's moves and desperation for not Devils damning the Rangers to eternity. Pablo, take away. Yeah, Akira Schmidt, man. He took over as the full-time goaltender mid-series. He had two shutouts. That dude came out of nowhere to be the best thing on the ice. So mm -hmm. give me it to him. Ramona yeah. Shelburne. You still studying? Look, talent doesn't mean a thing. You can do all the trades you want, but if you can't score goals, you're not going to win. And in this series, like, the four games that they, that they that the Devils won, they gave up two goals. Two goals. That's some great defense. Mm -hmm. And goaltending, Akira Schmidman, as Pablo just name. said, will give him the point. Showdown two. It's a baseball-sized knot attached to the ankle of Jimmy Butler. That's what we've heard since game one. The latest on his availability tonight, questionable. But for the Knicks, Julius Randle has an ankle. He's questionable. Jalen Brunson has an ankle. He's questionable. Uh, Actually, Ramon, everybody has ankles. But how will tonight be won? And is it a must-win for the Knicks? I think it's pretty musty. This is this is the second game in the Garden here. I think Jimmy Butler is can do anything. I don't think he should play tonight. I do think he will try to play tonight. And if Jimmy plays, I'm worried about your Knicks Boring. tone. If Jalen Brunson is suboptimal tonight, this does not have the feeling of a plausible, yeah, uh, positive outcome for the Knicks. Like, that dude, they needed him. They don't have Randall. Like, good Lord. Ramona, great to have you back. Wait, what? Pablo, 30 seconds of FaceTime. <laughs> a plausible, positive outcome for you boys. So, I wanted to use this time to shout out the over 11,000 Hollywood writers currently striking. The Writers Guild of America was in this long protracted war negotiation with all of the media companies who provide us allegedly with the content that we love except it's actually these writers who are toiling who are giving us entertainment so pay them pay the writers is this so hard remember what it was like in 07 you're watching cavemen you're watching Cody we his wedding ring on a we're desk we're on a line 23 November break